Welcome to In the Footsteps of Jesus from Down Under. This is Nick Krita, your host, and I'm very happy to be with you today. It's my privilege to welcome uh, with us uh, here in the studio, uh, Robbie Burgum. Uh, you may heard about this name before uh, if you listen to Faith FM, and Robbie, it's good to have you with us. Nick, I am, I am in awe in being in your presence. You're the famous Nick Krita. Today, I, I met a person here in Adelaide who told me that he recognized you from your voice on a river cruise. You're famous, man. Well, well uh, I'm sitting in a good company here too. <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, really very nice. It. I have the privilege, you know, to talk to our listeners and uh, uh, telling me how much they enjoy uh, your uh, program with us on Faith FM, Roby. And that's Faith Experiment. Yeah. And if, if you haven't heard about uh, Roby before, you are going to hear a bit of his story today because uh, he has um, such a story that we would have need quite few programs and hours Yeah. <laughs> to spend together to really, really hear uh, Robbie's story. But Robbie, just maybe in a few words, if you like to tell us a little bit, what's your role with us with Faith FM? Yeah, so I'm obviously a host for the Faith Experiment, which um, is a podcast that comes out normally on Mondays. Um, so that's that's one role that I have with Faith FM. My other role is I'm actually the content and promotions manager for Faith FM. So that basically means I'm I'm sort of... I oversee content, uh, the creation of content. I work with the studios all around Australia for Faith FM. I work with different um, content creators around the country. And uh, we put together sort of the master scheduling right across Australia. So it's a pretty exciting role. I get to work with all of our studios, um, including the one here in Adelaide where we are this, um, this afternoon. So, yeah, it's absolutely uh, it's a really exciting job. And I also get to go around and, and promote Faith FM in the local communities, get to meet a lot of our listeners and hear, you know, how Faith of has changed their lives, how different shows are impacting their lives. So it's a really exciting, diverse role that I have with Faith of mm, That's wonderful. Now, um, is that what you used to do uh, before in your life, or uh, how did you get uh, involved with Faith of Well, <laughs> it's a, a long answer to a short question. Um, I, I was a, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for about 15 years now. Um, I've worked all over the world. Um, in various different uh, contexts. I've worked in um, TV. I've worked in local church ministry, uh, missionary. I worked in schools, all sorts of things, chaplaincy. And uh, about two years ago, I got asked by the um, administrative team of Faith FM if I'd be interested to come and join the radio team and do the role that I'm doing and sort of, yeah, just, I guess, bring some of the learnings I've had from other aspects of ministry. And so, my wife and I talked about it and we said, yeah, this seems like a really exciting new adventure in, in ministry. And so we took up the challenge to, to go into radio. I've never done radio before coming into this role. I've done a lot of TV before this. But yeah, so, but before that, before ministry, I was actually a atheist mm. and I was a computer programmer. Um, I, was, I started as a software engineer and um, got into software architecture on all the different facets of IT. But I was actually an atheist during all that, and uh, I had I had three different experiences that led me to this point to start um, exploring. Well, I, I actually didn't. Yeah, it's kind of a complicated story. If you want to hear the whole story, go listen to the Faith Experiment episode one through to eighteen. You'll hear the whole story there. But it was it was a it was three sort of distinct events that happened as I was an atheist that sort of got me thinking about things that I didn't believe in, mm. like metaphysical encounters and stuff like that 
And then the, the, the final sort of clincher was September 11, 2001, when those buildings came down. Um, it, it turned my financial life upside down. It turned my career upside down. I ended up losing my job. I was retrenched because of September 11. I was working in Australia, had nothing mm. to do with planes or, mm-hmm. or finance in America, but our company was um, working on a, on a massive project. We, I worked for the largest construction company in Australia at the time in their IT department. And they, uh, they had to retrench us and outsource our work to India. And it was a result of September 11 and the financial, you know, consequences that that had and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, I I started down this path looking at the impacts that September 11 was having on not just like finances and, and society, but the impacts it was having on the way the world had changed. I mean, we all talk about now about the post-September 11 world, you know, like airline travel has changed. Policies on tracking people's data and handling privacy issues, that's all changed in light of September 11. And so even immediately after it happened, we could see that the world was changing. And from my point of view as an atheist, I saw this war on terror being really nothing more than a religious war. It was mm. a war between the, the American Christian West and the Islamic sort of Middle East. Yes. Um, I'm, like they, I think they did their best to make out that it wasn't a religious war, but that's how it appeared to an atheist. It was like Muslims versus Christians, you know. And you saw like the President of the United States saying, God bless America, God bless our troops. So clearly God was on the American side from mm. their perspective. Mm. But then in, in the alternative, you have, um, you know, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, you know, Allah's on their side. So to me as an outsider, not understanding I didn't ha- own a Bible, I didn't own a Quran, I didn't know any of that. There was a religious war taking place on the planet. And I remember the United States president at the time, George Bush, he gets up and he says, he says, the war that we're about to enter, you can Google this and watch the clip yourself. Mm. Um, I, I've got it on, on one of my podcasts. He says, the war that we're about to enter, this war on terror, is like a war that the world has never seen. That's what he said in front of the, the joint session. And then he says, this is a war that will last generations. There'll be no decisive victory. This is a war to root out evil. Wow. Now, when, when the President of the United States says that, and I'm an atheist, I'm like, okay, you're using language and you're using speak that's completely out of the realm of my belief. And this is really forcing us all as citizens on this planet into this, you're either with us or you're with the terrorist type thing, right? So, you're either with the, um, the Christian American flavor mm-hmm. or you're with the terrorists that was the options that they gave us so look i'm, I'm sitting there as an external viewing the commentary happening and yeah I, I sort of like what are these what are these nutters believe that's what i thought of christians like just a bunch of nutters like what are, what are they because clearly their policy was based on some of their belief systems right so i started reading the bible and i read um prophecies in the bible um again all the details you can listen to the podcast but as i went through this process of reading the bible I was actually remarkably impressed with the complexity of the document, mm-hmm. which you would call, you know, the Greek text and the New Testament or the Hebrew or the Old Testament. And in that quest, and I'm going to shorten the story dramatically, right, for our conversation today, but in that quest, I came across a passage in a book um, called Isaiah. Mm. It's it's a quite a long book within the Bible. Now, it, the Bible is one book in our our worldview sort of thing. It's a physical book we open up, but inside that there are 66 actual books, right? And one of those is this book of Isaiah. 
uh, quite a long one, 66 chapters And different writers over the span of a a long period of time, you know, which they all, if you look into the Bible, this is just to take a bit of a um, side comment here. Yeah. um, You see a lot of... um, connection there in between these uh, books even though it was hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years uh, yeah about two, two and a half thousand years from when the first book was written to when the last one was written that's right yeah. and you can see there uh, as you said you can look at the bible as a book one uh, it has pretty much the same direction to say so yes the same message covering the, this period of history and uh, yeah, you, you and you mentioned now this book in the Old Testament. Uh, yeah, the book, this of, book Isaiah. of Isaiah. Now I didn't know Isaiah from Jesus. Like a, none of that made any difference to me. Right, I'm just reading this from a purely and an exercise of trying to see what the the, the foolishness of Christianity is believing. And you know, because they, the Americans were having these foreign, foreign policies in the Middle East based on religious convictions, mm-hmm. right? From New Testament prophecies, Old Testament prophecies. So anyway, I came across this passage in Isaiah, and it's uh, for those who are interested, it's Isaiah chapter 45. And starting in verse 5, the text, now I don't, at the time when I read this, I don't believe any of this stuff, right? I'm just interested to see what it says. And this is what it said in verse um, 5 of chapter 45. It says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God beside me. I will guide you though you have not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is no other. Mm. So I'm reading this. I'm like, that's some bold statements right there. Like whoever authored this book, whether it was a human being or whether it was uh, a great deception, a hoax, or whether it was actually divinely inspired that's a bold claim i mean they're claiming that there's no other god other than the god behind these texts so i was like that's pretty bold but you know there's no proof in this text like how do you prove that um i actually i found ways to prove it later but let me read on to the next verse here that so that was verse six so this is verse seven and this is the verse that got me it says i form the light so this is supposed to be god speaking all right mm-hmm. so god's saying here i form the light and i create darkness I make peace and I create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. And when I read that, I was like, who on earth would want to follow a God that says that he creates peace and creates calamity? Because it's clearly him saying that he does it, right? Mm. So I, I was like, wow. So this book claims to be written by God, the only God. There's no other God. And then he takes the takes the, the the responsibility for making peace and creating calamity. Some translations render it as evil, create evil. And I was like, well, good thing I'm not a follower of that God, right? So I keep reading, and, and as I'm reading this book, that verse was like a splinter in my mind. Like, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in this stuff. I'm going to bed. I'm waking up. I'm going to work and I can't shake this verse because I'm a programmer. Programmers are designed to solve problems, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, how does he make peace and then create calamity? How does he do that? Why does he do that? And so it got me on a, this sort of tangent. I was going through regular life. I was doing regular stuff. But I'm at the same time trying to understand this, this, the logic behind this passage. And then one day I woke up with sort of this, not revelation, but a a sort of a sense of clarity around this passage. You see, I, I said before briefly, I was a, I started off uh, my working career as a civil engineer because my guidance counselor was really stupid. 
again told me in high school that I shouldn't seek to do IT because there's no industry in Australia, no future for it, mm-hmm. and that you should choose your second option. And my second option was civil engineering. So I went off and started my civil engineering degree, and uh, I started uh, working as a junior engineer in an engineering company. And then all of a sudden, the IT boom happened. And I was like, man. So I changed careers halfway through and went into IT. But so anyway, in, in, in civil engineering, whenever you design, so my, my job was designing roads. I was part of the team that designed portions of the um, M1 motorway from Brisbane to the Gold Coast in the early, oh, mid 90s, 1990s. And whenever you design roads, there's a thing called cut and fill. Mm-hmm. You have to cut out dirt and rock and stuff from the high places, and then you have to fill the low places so that you get a, a straight level road, right? And so, this idea of whenever you make something, you're always making something else. If you if you're um, cutting off the top of a mountain, then by default you're filling a valley. Like there's this yes. there's this cause and effect sort of thing, right? And so, I'm sitting there one day contemplating this verse that. He forms light and creates darkness. He makes peace and creates calamity. And as I'm reading this, and so I've been reading the Bible over and over and over and again over the course of this time, just sort of trying to immerse myself in this document. And I, I started to get a picture here. If God says something, he's defining something. And if he's defining something, he's automatically defining something that is not in existence. Let me explain. That's kind of complicated. I know. If God, if let's say we pick up this pen here, pick up a pen. If God says this is a pen, right? So I'm, for those who are listening, I'm holding a pen in my hand here and I'm looking at it. I'm saying this is a pen. By saying that that's a pen, so I'm making this a pen, right? By declaring what it is. I've automatically defined that this thing here, which I'm pointing to is the microphone, this will never be this. Mm-hmm. Because I've defined this as a pen. So, therefore, that's the pen. This can't be a pen. So, what God is really implying here is, is that by, def- by um, creating light, by saying this is light, let there be light, this is light, anything that's not that is automatically not light. Right. Which is darkness, the opposite, mm. right? And then when he says this is peace, he says I'm making peace, but by making peace or defining peace or creating peace, it automatically defines what is not peace, which is calamity which is evil. So when you go through the Bible, there's all these really interesting declarations that God claims he makes. For example, if I was to ask any of our listeners, um, what does God say he is or what is God like? The number one thing people are going to say is God is love. Love, yes. Now, God's not saying I'm a loving God. He's saying I am love. Mm. Love and I are equal. We are Mm. the same thing with the essence you can be loving but not be love. So, he's saying I'm the source of what love is, right? So, if God says he's love, then he's defined it. He's described it. And thereby describing what the opposite is, is not love. Mm. So, anything that's not like or is not of God is not love. Does that make sense? Interesting point because uh, many people even uh, are confused with this when they see a uh, lots of evil things happening in the world and saying, uh, comparing that, where is God? I mean, God, if, if God is love, why is evil there? Yeah. But um, I think I'm, I'm getting uh, the picture here, Robbie, uh, as you're sharing, because uh, not that God is responsible, I mean, that he created evil, right? Uh, but because he's love, he's, you know, God created us human beings and maybe other creation yep. with a free choice. 
Absolutely. And if we have that free choice, there has to be a choice. It has, it has to be a choice. Yeah. And you can't have a choice without a, to an option. Exactly right. And yeah. that's, that's probably where now, uh, I can even myself get a bit better. That picture, you know, it's framed a little bit now for, for me because I heard about this many times mm. that the Bible contradicts, you know, and, uh, no wonder for an atheist, you know, uh, to, just to brush it aside. To brush it aside, yeah. yeah. To brush it aside to say, hey, come on, this is just not making no sense. So here's what I did. I um, As I found more and more statements where God d- describes himself, this is what I ended up doing. I uh, I decided, uh, this is a typical programming, problem-solving sort of um, scenario. What I did was I drew a circle, and inside the circle, I listed every characteristic that the Bible states describes God. So I found things like God is love. So I put love inside the circle. It's, um, Jesus says that he is truth. So I put truth in the circle. Um, he says he is peace. I put peace in the circle. Um, he says I, he's life. He's the source of life. So I put life in the circle. So I put all of these characteristics inside the circle and I had a, a lot of them like he's like joy, peace, patience, uh, long suffering, uh, righteousness, uh, truth, uh, love, all these things, right? And so I have this circle, and inside I have all these descriptions that God claims describe him. But then based on that passage I just read, it says that when God describes something, he He defines the opposite, mm. right? So then I decide outside of the circle. So inside the circle is all the things that make up the descriptions that we know about God. On the outside of the circle, I write the opposite. So if I have God is love, Outside the circle is hate. If I had God is peace, then outside the circle, uh, fear, war, Mm -hmm. worry. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I have his life, the outside the circle is death. death. If I have uh, truth, then I have uh, fiction or lies or uh, falsehoods. So you get the idea. You have this circle and inside is everything that God describes himself to be in the Bible. On the outside of the circle is everything that's opposite because when God describes himself, he defines the opposite, Mm, right? mm. And as I as I finished this exercise, it took me a couple of weeks to do this exercise, just in the evenings after work. One night when I finished what I thought I finished, I sat there and I looked at this piece of paper just staring at it, and there was a realization that hit me right there. Everything that I am looking for in life is inside that circle. I'm looking for love. I'm looking for peace. I'm looking for truth. I'm looking for um, life and freedom and joy and happiness. All the things that the Bible describes God as being is what I was looking for. And all the things that were outside that circle are the things that I'm familiar with. Mm. And, you, and you as an atheist, mm. uh, not believing in God, yes, but you're still searching and looking like every Everyone. human being. I don't know anybody who is looking for um, hate in their life. Yes. No one's looking for, I don't, I don't ever want to feel love in my life. I don't know atheists who go, I don't want to have joy in my life. Mm-hmm. We're all looking for those things. We all want peace. We all want happiness. We all want love. We all want joy. We all want truth. We all want those things. And on that piece of paper, that was the claim that that's God. And so I'm sitting there, I'm going, are you telling me that everything I'm looking for in life as an atheist is actually looking for God according to this book? So without even knowing it, I was looking for God. That's amazing. Absolutely right. Hey, uh, Robbie, um, 
I'm exciting, you know, to hear uh, these things. And uh, I, I'm learning myself because uh, I came across these questions many times with people. Uh, now myself also not being a believer uh, necessarily from the beginning, but uh, God was uh, not giving up on me as he was not giving up on you. But we are going to take a short break here. Uh, we'll come back. But we have a song here, which I believe that relates to some mm. of the story which you tell us. Can you just share with us? Yeah, I, I've chosen the song by Lauren Daigle called first and i really i really like this song because this song's about seeking god first no matter what in life and uh, even if there's pain if there's hurt seeking him first um, in the morning seeking him first and you know, in my journey in my following in the footsteps of jesus as your show's titled i found that when you seek god first everything else seems to fall into place it, it may not happen straight away but it does happen so that's why I picked this song. Oh, beautiful. Uh, stay with us. Uh, don't go anywhere. We have this song, uh, but you're listening to Faith FM. Uh, uh, in the footsteps of Jesus, we need Krita and uh, Robbie Bergen. Enjoy this song and we'll be back shortly. Before I bring my need, I will bring my
Welcome back. This is Fate FM in the footsteps of Jesus from Down Under with Nikrita and our guest today it's uh, Robbie Bergen. Uh, this was a beautiful uh, song by Lauren uh, Daigle. Daigle, yeah. Daigle. Uh, it's a great song. First, uh, look at something uh, to choose first, you know. Yep. And uh, just before the break um, with Robbie, we were talking about here yeah, about of his journey in finding faith. He has that uh, broadcast, uh, Faith Experiment, which mm-hmm. he is well uh, known, and you can find the, his full story if you if you go where, where they can find the, our listener can yeah, find look, your if, story. If you go to Faith FM website and look for uh, the Faith Experiment under the programming section, podcast section, you'll find it there. Uh, if you got the app on the Faith FM app, you'll find it there. Um, it's also on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and what's the other one? Apple Podcasts. Mm. So it's all all the podcasting where most of our Faith FM stuff is. So yeah, it's a yeah. it's a you know, it's a detailed story. I mean, and I try to do justice to because everyone asks me questions. But what happened next? What happened next? So I've sort of taken the time to tell the whole story there. And uh, today we're just uh, scratching the surface a little bit here, but we looked at some uh, very exciting uh, aspects, uh, mm. you know, in your journey because you're searching, you know, as a an atheist, you know, um, y- you look at the black and white, you know, you yes. look at the pro and cons uh, <laughs> at that time, but yeah, God w- was guiding you, yeah, was guiding you to to the right thing to make sense to you as a programmer working uh, in this d- department and with different mindset. But God knew exactly where you are in your uh, journey, and He is bringing before you solid information yeah. and you shared it with us in the book of uh, Isaiah um, and yeah, gave us very good information there now our time is almost up now for this program but we just like you to uh, bring it together a little bit maybe in, in two three minutes just share with our listener uh, what's your uh, word of encouragement yeah look I, from from that moment when I like I said before the break when I had that piece of paper with that circle on there with all of the descriptions that God gives about himself from this religious text and then see the opposite outside of who he is according to the religious text. I have experienced every single one of these negative attributes, which is the death. I've I've had family members die. Mm. I've lying, like I've been lied to, I've lied, hurt, absence of peace, all those things, right? The opposite of love. I've experienced those things and we instinctively we want to go inside that circle and experience all that stuff because that stuff is what we designed to experience. Mm-hmm. And when that realization came that this book is claiming, it's claiming that the source of everything that I'm looking for is God himself. It's a pretty it's a pretty confronting moment. Right. And you know, but for those of you who are listening and you don't you know you sort of haven't got that that grasp of an absolute assurance that God is there for you. He's not against you and he does exist. He's not some airy-fairy thing. Wherever you are in your journey right now, I want you to know, as I've discovered since, I mean, this this is going back quite a few years now when I've had this, this moment, I want you to understand this, that before you even recognize that God exists or that God is seeking good for you, you've been looking for God. Mm. Whether you recognized it or not, you are looking for God. If you're looking for happiness, for peace, for love, for joy, for truth, all that stuff, you're looking for God. There's no question about it. And we can get into the arguments and debates about how to prove the Bible and how to prove that God exists and that stuff. Listen to other shows. There's plenty of shows outside of this little segment we're doing mm. now. But I want you to know this, that you are seeking for God, whether you recognize it or not. 
That's wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for uh, pointing that out. And I think it's uh, not only sobering, it's uh, also encouraging uh, for us to know <laughs> that. Uh, um, I wonder if you like to pray just to sure. conclude this, uh, this program. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you just thanking you for the revelation that you've given about yourself. You've described your attributes and your characteristics. You give us an explanation for why bad things happen in this world. And uh, I just pray for you. Anyone listening right now who is in a space and in a place in their journey, in their faith experiment, that they're needing their eyes to be open to see the reality that everything that they're desiring in this life is actually found wholly and solely in you. Mm-hmm. And that you'd give them more clarity, um, help their each step that they take in their footsteps towards Jesus or following Jesus, and uh, just give them the peace that can only come from you. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much Robbie for Thank taking you. time and uh, share with us uh, today. My dear listener, uh, please continue to listen to Faith FM and be encouraged uh, by the positively different message which we broadcast through Faith FM. Until next time, may God richly bless you and keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus.